0: This is the Yanks Go
2: Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a surprise time slot edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Surprise! Spooky. Scary. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We're still in spooky mode. Scary titles. Halloween creeps. Creepy crawlies. Everyone figuring out at the same time that the Yankees could use Juan Soto. Very scary. (laughs) Very scary. Sean Casey, just before we drop this podcast, put out a mayor's office video saying the Yankees could, oh, big left-hander, superstar. Yeah. Juan Soto the Yankees would be a perfect fit. Why'd you leave that you didn't want to coach him? You do not want to coach Juan Soto? Would indicate that maybe he's, the deal's not done, but the rumor wars are heating up. We've talked in abstract about Juan Soto to the Yankees forever. Now it's down to Andy Martino saying the Yankees and Padres have engaged. John Heyman saying they haven't. Martino said they did it at the deadline. Also recently, Heyman says it's been a while. The athletics says no contact. What is it? Everybody wants to be the first to this one. Bob Nightingale said today that Soto is now apparently likely to be traded this offseason. We'll break down where everybody stands in the lines that they're drawing in the sand. Plus... Do the Yankees have a mole on the inside of Yoshinobu Yamamoto's Japanese clubhouse? Plus, the free agent left fielders suck, and the top five reasons why the Yankees have not done an end-of-season press conference. Thank you for joining us. We are typically live every Monday and Thursday at, three, at 2 o'clock Eastern, but today, 3.30, to accommodate the Baseball Insider stream. And Robert Murray going to the World Series. We'll be right back at our normal time, 2 o'clock Eastern on Thursday. We'll be with you all offseason long, all winter meetings long. Live as often as we possibly can. We appreciate everybody joining us. Viewers, listeners, all of you are very, very special human beings. And Thomas Carinante is here. As always, thanks for joining me. You've got a special offer for the viewers and for the listeners as well.
1: New offer for everybody. Listen, sports fans. This isn't even for Yankees fans. This is if you like sports. Have you heard of Super Draft DFS? Super Draft. Host daily fantasy prop games where you can compete for a chance to win cash prizes. Cash. Pretty good. The game is simple. For each contest, you are given a pool of props for upcoming games. You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props for a bigger win. Kind of like a parlay, I guess. If you want to join the action, we've got you covered. Sign up with our promo code FAN, F-A-N today and receive a deposit match up to 20 bucks. 20 whole smackers. You also receive a free pick in your first game. Think of it like a free uh, square in bingo or a free leg to a parlay. Using the code FAN when signing up not only gets you these rewards, but it supports us, your boys, Adam and Thomas. So make sure to use that promo code FAN when you sign up. This offer is only available to new customers who are 18 and older. you got to be 19 and older in Alabama, 21 and older in Massachusetts, and physically present in valid states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. I think we got it up there uh yeah we I did. got it Very up there
2: you can check it terms are in there
1: check it check the terms yeah I at this point I'm just I'm wondering if Juan Soto is a fit for the Yankees what do you think do you think well so let's break it
2: down for this like do the Yankees have enough left-handed hitters in general? <laughs> Juan Soto is a lefty uh, could the New York Yankees, an 82-80 and 80 team that just put forth one of the most putrid offensive efforts in their long and storied franchise history, use a superstar lefty bat? Could they? Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, what about a long... They, they struggle with long, long-term commitments. Would it behoove the Yankees to maybe get a superstar who's only on a one-year expiring deal before they have to commit to that person financially? That would seem to make sense as well. And would also lessen the trade cost. You're not mm. trading for three years of Juan Soto, just one. Could the Yankees use someone who extends the window of a championship opportunity with Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole in their primes? I guess so. So ultimately, when you balance every factor, it does seem like 24 year old megastar Juan Soto, who is a Ted Williams level hitter, could be an interesting fit for the New York Yankees lineup, which has not actively pursued a lefty this decade. So ultimately, I do feel like Juan Soto. An MVP candidate and potential Hall of Famer could be a good fit on the 2024 Yankees, a lineup that sucks ass. What do you think You think he could potentially be a fit? People are starting to make this
1: connection, so I wonder where you're at on that. Yeah, I just don't get the analysis. It's like, why is that even a discussion? Why is there just not? There's got to be, someone's got to have something deeper here. I understand that uh, the Padres are in a bit of a holding pattern because you don't know what they're going to do. I don't even think they know what they're going to do. Um, so seeing these rumors pop up prematurely, because I don't think any, m- most teams have not figured out what their off plan is. Uh, the Yankees should be ahead of the curve. They are not, but to just say, Oh, Yankees and Yankees and inquiring about Juan Soto. Very good fit for the-. yeah, no shit. It's a good fit for any team. It's a great baseball player who can play left or right field and will be entering his age 26 season when he hits free agency after next year. So yeah, makes it a good long-term fit, too, if the Yankees are interested in giving him a contract extension. Uh, makes sense for a team that's bad. The Yankees are bad. Uh helps make them a little bit younger in, like a, in an experienced baseball sense because they have older veterans who are aging and are probably past their truest playing abilities. And then they have guys who have barely been at the MLB level. So they don't have anybody in the middle. And Soto would actually, I think that's, right about that, somebody. I think that's, I just gave you something to write about. Maybe I'll write about it.
2: It's up to you if you want to write about it. I mean, what matters to me are the tangibles. So like Bob Nightingale saying Juan Soto, the likelihood he's traded is increasing today. Great. That is a great but report. Why? But why? What are the reasons? Because the Padres are finally re- probably coming to terms with the fact that if they need to shed the salary they're looking to shed this offseason, there's no way to do it unless they trade Juan Soto. It's just a matter of do, do they think they're going to get 10 next year or not. If, they, they, if there's an, even an inkling that they can contend in Juan Soto's final year, they have to keep him. But if the likelihood of a trade is increasing, I need to know that. Yeah. And that's why the war is more important than everybody. Somebody just asked Sean Casey, like we said, if he believes that this is a good fit for the Yankees. He was like, oh, big, powerful left-hand Harry Yankee Stadium. Of course, that's what they need. Yeah, that's what they need. We all know that's what they need. What? That's why I need to nail down the rumor wars. I need to know, is Martino right? When's the last time that they talked to the Padres about Juan Soto? Or is John Heyman right? Was this just a dalliance at the deadline? And then when he wasn't available, they didn't go back in and talk about it uh, You know, further? Because we've talked about it plenty. The Yankees have a lot of pitching. They have a lot of pitching at the upper levels. They can absolutely make a Juan Soto trade package for just one season of Juan Soto that fulfills the Padres' needs. Will Warren, Clark Schmidt, Clayton Beater, Chase Hampton, Drew Thorpe, three of the five, Brock Selvage, three of these dudes, plus Erison Pereira, plus someone from the FCL roster. Done easy. Take back Carpenter if you need salary relief. Uh, take Jake Cronenworth if the Padres are being really demanding like you could figure this out and we know the Yankees covet Juan Soto because why wouldn't they and we know Juan Soto is a great fit in the Bronx because of course he is so what we actually need to know is who's right on the timeline who's got the proper information are the Yankees currently talking to the Padres about Juan Soto did they check in this month how cursory a check-in what are we talking here because if Juan Soto's available, if Nightingale's right, every team should be calling the Padres about Juan Soto. The Yankees can't get left in the dust. So are they? Are they willing to be that bold? Are they interested in surrendering some of the surplus of young pitching? How involved are they? I, I can't wait to see who wins the rumor war, because that's much more important to me than just people saying Juan Soto could be a great fit. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, there's no better fit. He's Ronald Acuna would be a great fit. There's One actually them, never been a better fit. There actually might never have been a better fit during the recent era of Yankees baseball than just picking up Juan Soto and plopping him on the roster. Now tell me how to make it happen. What do the Padres seek? Are we being foolish when we say they're looking for pitching? Don't give me screenshots of that trade machine. That thing is insane. That thing has like good players on long-term contracts is negative value. Juan that Soto is. does not subtract. He's not worth negative 19 0.7 nebulous money in trade, or whatever. Just go tell me what the Padres want, what they're looking for. Are their doors open? How many times has Brian Cashman called their voicemail? And is he still in Japan?
1: That trade machine was developed by one of the worst GMs ever on the dark web. Um, I
2: hate I hate that thing. Stop screenshotting it. No, The, the GMs are not just sending each other screenshots <laughs> of the trade machine back and forth until they consummate a major deal. And again, if you There's have a like,
1: group chat of that,
2: Jake Cronenworth is probably like a negative 100. So if you put him in this trade, it's like, oh, my God, the Yankees are getting fleeced. Juan Soto and Jake Cronenworth for three prospects. Oh, Brock Selvage is a 12. How could they give up Brock Selvage for Juan Soto?
1: I I would love to see a group chat of the GMs just screenshotting these things. back. hey, just punch this in. Um, you guys, you get, did you guys know that Juan Soto is actually a negative three hundred meaningless stat that could actually hmm. balance out this trade, guys? Um, I, I need a reason why the Padres are going to trade him and the payroll stuff. It makes sense for every team wants to cut payroll every year, especially after they've ended a year in disappointing fashion. Hmm. And the hopes aren't as high going into the next season. The problem here is that they don't need to cut payroll because the payroll number is not finalized until the last day of the regular season. So the Padres can hang on to Juan Soto until next year's trade deadline and figure out a way to cut more payroll when teams are dead. And they actually might be in a, it might be the more logical decision for them to do it that way because look, they already traded all their assets for two and a half years of Juan Soto. That's done. They're probably not going to get. They're not going to get a third of that in return now because of his increasing salary and um, uh, his um, and the fact that he's closer to free agency. But what they could do is wait it out until the trade deadline, and then you, if you really want to shed payroll, then you say, you know what. We'll limit the pro- prospect package in return. We need you to take on these two or three contracts, and then we'll make this a this as uh, you know simple of a deal as possible. You're just taking on money. You're getting Juan Soto for the stretch run, and that's what's happening. You give maybe a lasting impression, and you can uh, have a leg up in signing in a free agency, whatever you want. But at that point, teams are going to be more desperate to make the deal at the deadline if they feel like they're on the fringe of contention, or they feel like someone like. Juan Soto is the missing piece, even though he's the missing piece for 29 other teams out there. I don't know why this is even part of the discourse. But I need in these rumors, in these reports, a tangible reason outside of payroll as to why the Padres would trade Juan Soto, because none of it makes sense. All of the bigger contracts on the Padres books are untradeable. They are literally never trading Manny Machado. They are never trading Xander Bogarts. They are never trading Fernando Tatis. They are never trading you Darvish. And those are the and people eating up all of the money there.
2: Machado and Bogarts are not getting any younger, so it's like the it's the Yankees don't want to waste Cole and Judge's prime. The Padres theoretically, if they ran it back next year and replaced Blake Snell, would have a they would be predicted to win the West by a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah. Although the Diamondbacks are obviously trendy now because they happen to be yeah. in the World Series. But it's not like that ro- That roster we all thought was like uh, the NL World Series favorite this time last, like about a month from now last year. Like I think a lot of people would probably look at that and go, oh yeah, good. Juan Soto sticks around and this is probably the best Bogarts will ever be. And this is probably the best Machado will ever be. So I guess they're going for it. That's great. But apparently they need, they nay, they want to nay, they
1: need to trade Juan Soto. Yeah, I, again, I, I, there is... The, the conflicting reports going back oh they might they might not of course they might or they might not because nobody knows what's happening nobody knows what the what, nobody knows what they're trying they, they just got rid of their manager they essentially fired him um they have a lot of internal work to do um and for as crazy and um, kind of tumultuous that front office is I just don't think one of the first orders of business, heading into a chaotic offseason is going to be to get rid of the best player on the team even if there's no chance of them being able to sign him long term. The Padres I don't think care about assets because if there's one thing AJ Peller can do it's just keep replenishing and replenishing and replenishing and it does it he does that through any means possible and a Juan Soto trade is not going is he did not leave himself exposed to be like okay well the only way we can repunish this farm system now is if we trade the guy that we traded all these other people for he did not do he say what you want about aj preller he did not prepare himself to to put him to uh, i guess put himself in a corner and not have any recourse after trading for one of the best players in baseball and gutting the top 10 prospects in his system that's not what he was doing so Sit on these reports all you want. Have a blast. Yeah, keep projecting Soto in the lineup. Keep talking about how great Soto, uh, how uh, great of a fit Soto is for a Yankees team that is bad. Um, we won't be listening to that. I need a tangible and consistent. Because look, if there were this many teams interested in Juan Soto, and there were you know teams calling the Padres, we would we would have heard a lot more than we've had so far. And we've heard nothing so far. We've heard nothing so far outside of a preliminary discussion with the Yankees that was refuted. Now the Cubs are apparently interested, which sure. uh, Yeah. uh, A big market team that he's an outfielder. Why wouldn't they be interested? Mm -hmm. It's there is, there's no nuance to it right now. It's just, it's boilerplate reporting and it's not getting us anywhere. We'll believe it. When we see it, we'll believe it when there's an actual trail of consistent reports where more than one insider is saying something, we don't even have consistent. We don't have even have consistent uh, voices on either end of the of the side here.
2: Well, it's really important for a bajillion reasons, like we said. But it, it's especially important because, look, you're going to have to add an impact bat to the outfield this year. You're going to have to find a left fielder, and so the Yankees cannot enter another season without a left fielder. The left field market is abysmal. And just reminding everybody, we put out the ranking of the left fielders. <sighs> last week we've talked about this on the show before but if they don't get Soto and maneuver somebody over if they don't get Adam Duvall and move someone over if they don't yeah. get Cody Bellinger and mess around the natural left fielders on the market are crazy bad I ranked them in tiers and it was tough to even do a top tier Lawrence Gurriel Jr. is my number one available outfielder but I'm also not paying a significant amount of money For the starting left fielder in the current World Series, who's on the wrong side of 30 and is about to catch it for his only large career payday, he makes next year's Yankees better, but not by the amount it'll take to actually secure him. Jock Peterson, again, three years ago was the time to sign Jock Peterson. Two years ago was the time to sign Jock Peterson. Now he's the best or second best left fielder on the market. Tommy Pham, would love to have him. Just got done speaking with Robert Murray, who said he's probably in line for a multi-year deal this offseason. I don't think the Yankees are paying mid-30s Tommy Pham a multi-year contract, so move along. Mark Canna has some sort of option that may or may not get declined. He's in that top tier. Mid-tier mm-hmm. is Michael Brantley, David Peralta, who was awful last year. Jurgen Profar, who was one of the worst players in baseball last year. And Joey Gallo. And then the bottom tier is non-starters. Travis Jankowski was on the Rangers bench, is the best of them. Jordan Luplow, Bobby Grossman, <clears throat> Rymel Tapia, Ben Gamble, <clears throat> Corey Dickerson, A.J. Pollock. The Yankees need a left fielder, and there are none. So you'd better get someone to either take a bulk of this, the uh, innings in right field, move Aaron Judge to center, find somebody else who could play left. Canna would be great if he ends up on the market, but, geez, it's so bleak. Like, you're maybe going to have to throw Stanton out there until he gets hurt or or like tell Cody Bellinger to go play left field and we'll find a center fielder like Kiermaier and we'll you know Jason Dominguez will be back in July like this gets really complicated really quickly if the Yankees don't sign one of these very foolish names which is I guess the reason that they're still connected to Alex Verdugo
1: yeah my god I don't know how I mean there there's been no like reports that have had any truth behind it um it was that one stupid one from the dead right after the deadline that said the yankees and red sox talked about clark schmidt for verdugo and for as dumb as the yankees are i don't even think that they i think that was something like heim bloom might have cooked up and then it got to a red sox reporter and then they put that out there but brian cashman for as frustrating as he can be, if he ever got that proposal, he would hang up the phone before the sentence could even be finished. You're not going to trade a controllable starting pitcher for a problem child outfielder who has plateaued, arguably, batting 275 and OPSing .770, um, who also got benched this year for being immature on multiple occasions, who has not responded well to criticism or challenges from his manager to step up and be better. Why do you think that that would work better in New York? Why do you think that? I don't know. Talking Yanks mentioned it. They they had an episode uh, up last week about the uh, possibility of trading Glaber Torres, which you know I think the entire Yankees community has been uh, wondering and talking about for the better part of a year and a half now. Um, talked about a straight up pondered a straight up one for one swap Glaber for Verdugo. Um, I think that would be insane. The value that Glaber brings as a middle infielder will trump any sort of value that Verdugo brings yes. in at any position, even if Verdugo was a shortstop. Still wouldn't make a difference. Um, I don't know. Uh, and then MLB trade rumors had the Yankees as the to- among the top five destinations alongside the Dodgers, who would never trade back for him because they have no reason to. Uh, the Astros, which that would be a fucking nightmare watching that. Um, the Guardians, I think, and the Mariners, which those two teams make sense.
2: Perfect. The Mariners made so much sense last year, too, and yeah. continue to make sense.
1: I don't know why, but I don't know why there's, it, it's again, more boilerplate linking. It's like, oh, the Yankees made two trades at the Red Sox the last two years, Ottavino and Greg Allen. Looks like we could be on deck for a third, or maybe not. Or maybe Heim Bloom being there was just an anomaly and he decided to open up business when. That was something that they didn't do. And those two trades, you know, uh, the Adovino trade did not work out for them. They they took on payroll from the Yankees to give the Yankees more financial flexibility. And then Adam Adovino got them eliminated from the ALCS Whoops. in 2021. And then Greg Allen, uh, yeah, that didn't work out for anybody. The Red Sox got nothing in return and the Yankees didn't use Greg Allen. So that doesn't now mean you're going to trade – someone who was once upon a time a franchise cornerstone, which they believed in Alex Verdugo to a division rival. And the Yankees are going to consider trading pitching for that for one year of that. Um, I know the Yankees have had problems with, I guess, getting people with off field issues on this roster from Domingo Herman to our oldest Chapman to uh, um, Jimmy Cordero, whatever, whatever it's, it's, it's a terrible look, but I think at this point they know, um, yeah, and also they, they have to know Yankees fans hate Verdugo. Uh, it, it, there is no world in which I don't, I think Yankees fans would accept him being on this team. Um, and it's not like a Damon situation because it's not like, uh, Verdugo has accomplished anything. He has not accomplished anything. He's barely, barely an above average hitter, improved a little bit on defense this year. And guess what? He mostly played right field this past season where his defense improved a lot because he was playing left field. He was splitting time between left and right. And he wasn't particularly good in left. So he ain't playing right field here. You know that. So now putting another outfielder out of position in left field, which the Yankees have been doing for three years now, you think that's part of the answer to trade a starting pitcher for that or a middle infielder on an expiring contract for that? Absolutely not. I think the only options you have here are Juan Soto, great fit. We can't deny it. <laughs> it's no. a it's an interesting fit, Juan Soto, for sure. <laughs> um, I think a logical – possible fit is mike Shremsky. um Mm -hmm. i know the giants are gonna have to make a lot of moves this offseason i think maybe recouping some value for him he's gonna make almost eight million this year they could free up some finances because they're gonna have to make a lot of moves and that's really i think this has to come via trade because i don't know who else you're gonna go after in free agency like you said you rank those all those players in tiers and tier one was abysmal it had um, me in tears. Ranking the players in tears had me in yeah, tears while you were in tears. oh, uh, I Yeah, I just – it's – like at this point, I hate to say it, I would rather just have Jake Bowers out there than Alex Verdugo. Ah! I, I would. It's, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have Jake Bowers in the outfield than Alex Verdugo on the Yankees because you're going to have to trade something of note for Verdugo and then you're going to have to watch Verdugo. And imagine Verdugo in this media market. It would be a disaster. The amount of That's- shit that he – be terrible
2: the craziest part to me is that they would have to trade something of value for verdugo because right now he's like as good as gone in boston yeah and that we saw this this week like andy martino talking about like hey people if you need catching you should ask the yankees about kalagashioka like or you could wait cool. four days because he's getting non-tendered like he's not making this roster the, the yeah. red sox if they can't trade verdugo would probably just dfa him so you can sweat them out Get in a sauna with the Red Sox. You think they non-tender not, him? We're not surrendering assets for this man. Like who you're obviously going to try to trade him, but you could theoretically non-tender him. Um, I don't know, man. Like Ben Roethlisberger is a trade candidate. Kyle Higashioka is not a trade candidate. You also got to look at uh, Minnesota again, yet again, for a left fielder. Jorge Polanco could play everywhere. He's an option. Max Kepler was last year, then finally had the season of his dreams. But he played right field. He does, but he, he, there are no left fielders. <laughs> you have to move somebody anyway. Like Alex Kirilov. Like, you got these twins candidates. you got more twins outfielders you could shake a stick at. Um, we'll have to figure it. I hate baseball. Like, all, all these options stink. They just they smell. Take
1: Yastrzemski. He plays all three outfield positions. I think he's a free agent after next year. Or after 2025. Okay. He's also um, aging he's aged, but that's fine like if you're it's either you're getting somebody who could stay here for at least two years and provide f- defensive flexibility or depth off the bench so like maybe next year or maybe in 2025 your strength is the fourth outfielder and is yep. playing all over in the event of an injury or um when Aaron Boone when he's still here in fucking 2028 is giving guys uh days off and Mikey Shremsky popping in. Great. So it's either you get somebody, you do not get a one-year flyer here unless it's Juan Soto. Cause again, great fit, great. Player. Or Alex Verdugo, Amazing. Or or Alex <laughs> <laughs> there, there shouldn't be any in between. You should be getting somebody who has some sort of long-term outlook here, or you should be getting somebody who could provide you to stop having to do this merry-go-round every year. We're questioning the outfielders. Outfielder is the most expendable position in the entire sport. The Yankees should not have a problem filling their outfield out, especially when Aaron Judge is one of them. So in theory, you only have to find two outfielders here, and they have to be okay. And you will have Dominguez back at some point. You'll have Dominguez back by July, which is great. So now I guess who even else is here still? I don't even care about this team right now. I don't even Jake know. Jake
2: Bowers, Jake Bowers <laughs> out there and left, your boy, Oswaldo's <laughs> here, Everson Pereira's here. Okay, Pereira
1: is here. Okay, whatever. I mean, just get two guys. I don't know what it's going to take, but it's come. it's, it's got to come from the trade market because free agency will be usually you'd have the veteran option on free agency. We'd be like, you know what? We'll sign this guy to a one year deal. He's going to be able to get it done for us. Or we'll give him a one year deal with an option. Great. There are none of those guys. And like you said, Pete Jock Peterson is probably that. But I think the ship has sailed there. Um, He made the
2: qualifying offer last year, too. So if you're like, oh, we could do Jock Peterson at 10 mil or whatever. No, you can't. He made $19.75 last year. He's not looking to get a, you know, he's not, Jock, we'd love for you to come to the Yankees and we'd love you to cut your salary in half. Okay, cool. Double middle fingers to the sky. Like, (laughs) that's not how negotiations work. After you've had like an all-star caliber year, he would say, okay, I'm going to, not do that i'm gonna go to a team that values me and wants to pay me more for multiple seasons perhaps i'll even stay in san francisco so they can trade mikey stramski to the new york yankees these these are options Mm. not uh that top tier i mean lords guriel jr great player impact player defense eh. like he's gonna make like four years 72 million dollars
3: what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
0: Yeah. He's, you
2: know, aging. So, somebody wants to pay him that, uh, best of luck. The Blue Jays could get him back, as Olivia Rodrigo says. Uh, he's not even a free agent. <laughs> what about Jake Fraley? I don't know. Think the Reds Jake would trade Fraley? him? I love Jake Fraley.
1: I don't know why. He's awesome. Yeah. Bats left, throws left.
2: I'm a fan. He's like, like if Ben Gamble was, like, actually good instead of, like, kind of interesting
1: yeah let's trade let, let's get on the jake fraley mike yastrzemski trains at the same well, time jake friends. fraley was
2: somehow jake fraley was somehow worth under one war last year like maybe yeah, I don't if know.
1: he's under the microscope you're like oh come on i want none i want none of these twins guys none of them no not even a little bit Clint frazier on the white Sox only making 900k is that Jackson Frazier or is that a different guy? It says Clint on the updated MLB trade rumors. Uh, oh,
2: it could be a different guy. Maybe, he-
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe Jackson has retired and we can go grab Clint.
1: How do we have the most arbitration eligible players? That seems insane to me.
2: Everything is insane.
1: We have 17. The next closest team is the Rays with 16.
2: Arbitrator licking his lips. Coming to the Bronx. Yeah. Arbitrator being like, I can't wait to set dollar values and permutations on these fellows. <laughs> Randy Levine calling the guy, being like, Put Glaber's value extremely high. <laughs> we don't want him. I want to
1: scream at him. Make Glaber's,
2: make Glaber's $22 million. Make it crazy.
1: <laughs> make it spooky. Yeah, this is going to be
2: really fugly. And the offseason starts very soon. Five days after the World Series ends, the GM meetings are in Arizona next week. We're going to get tangible details, hopefully. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to steal the headlines for sure, considering he's the best pitcher on the market, probably. And he's got an air of mystery around him because he's in Japan and nobody knows much about him other than the fact that he's going to approach $200 million in salary and he's a potential 25 year old ace. Do the Yankees have an ace in the hole in their pursuit of Yamamoto? Who knows? Certainly feels like the Mets are out in front here. Kodai Senga wants him. He and Kodai Senga share an agent. Kodai Senga says no problem with sharing a clubhouse with another Japanese player as long as it's Yamamoto. So throw that custom out the window. Clearly no issue there. The Giants claim they won't be outbid on the players they want, so the Yankees might be in third place financially. But Yamamoto's locker mate, Frank Schwindel, in Japan with the orcs Buffaloes grew up a Yankee fan, played with the Cubbies, And in a report this week, a story about how Yamamoto's teammates believe he's primed for big league success, Schwindel says he asked him over and over again what it's like to play in the bigs, what the best stadiums are, et cetera. Schwindel said, I'm biased. I grew up a Yankee fan. So he has had a Yankee fan and trusted teammate, trusted locker mate in his ear all year long saying Yankees, Yankees, you should play for the Yankees. Got that mystique, got that aura, got that clubhouse. Uh, That's not nothing, but what you can't rely on entering free agency is you should take less to play for us because your one-year teammate and friend or even locker mate I don't know if they're that close said he loved the Yankees growing up I don't know if that's gonna trump Kodai Senga I don't know if that's gonna trump the highest bid it's a fun thing to read at the end of October before the offseason opens but if uh Frank Schwindel who never played for the Yankees dictates the 80s pursuit of yamamoto uh my jaw would fall through the floor and enter the apartment below at which point they would be screaming there is a
1: jaw in my house (laughs) imagine (laughs) imagine like not knowing this person and you're just like they're they're in a cubicle now i guess i'll make it a an everyday reference here they're at a desk across from you at work Mm -hmm. and you're you know thinking about leaving your job and they're like oh you know where great place to go is wisconsin i grew up there it was awesome (laughs) i'm from there fuck i never thought about going to wisconsin you know what i'll start looking for jobs in wisconsin and that's what i'm gonna thanks so much you keep saying this to me every day like it's (laughs) i i definitely
2: understand you're from wisconsin at this point uh (laughs) and that will affect my future
1: i'm going to listen to you thank you thank you for letting me know of another geographical location um that is helpful in my search yeah. Hey, did
2: anybody get the salmon for lunch? Cause it's sitting in the break room. Uh, I'm from, uh, Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> Again, uh, we got a task at hand here. So that's great. File that one away, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I
1: know if, if Frank Schwindel has this poll, he's got a few, he's got a as a scout. I mean, that's, that's, that's the or a special advisor on a front office. That's the end of it. Livingston, New Jersey, not too far from where I grew up, uh, went to St. John's pretty cool um yeah i don't know i i don't know it is cool it is very much cool to read about this I, I will is it that. is it just because frank
2: schwindle kind of sounds like swindle the steinbrenner relatives and also swindling, swindling the thing yeah. that you do the thing that you do when you don't when you fleece somebody or don't pay them the amount of money they're owed (laughs) for whatever they receive. Um, That
1: thing you do when you're a coward.
2: (laughs) That thing that you you often do when you have low moral fiber. Um, I I don't know. I mean, again, shout out to Frank Schwindel for doing the Lord's work. I don't know if it's going to work. We have such limited things to talk about. on uh, Yankees news this week that we're actually talking about Frank Schwindel. Um, good comment here. Like, positing more potential options. Jorge Soler, um, of the Miami Marlins. Look, uh, you want to talk no defense, boomer bust offense? Of course. Um, Soler more of a DH, and is there's a player option for next season? So he could just pick that up and go to Miami, where he found a lot of success this year. Luis Robert is going to be a very trendy trade candidate this offseason. I certainly would say yes to the dress if that came uh, upon my plate. Teoscar Hernandez, I think I'd say no. Another right field DH I mean, sure type. Uh another right field DH type. Somebody who had a really slow start this year as well. Um what the Yankees can't afford is a slow start. Somebody who's who isn't an immediate success after they stake their whole offseason on him. Uh ended up with a two-war year, 26 bombs. Look, doesn't look terrible, but another righty hitter. And and an OPS plus, just barely above league average at 106. So Robert is the one I love here. But again, this is three powerful righties. Like, (laughs) obvious fit city. Like, if they pair one of these guys with Juan Soto, it looks a lot better but you got to find a way to get some left-handed power in this lineup. You you just do. And with an obvious
1: vacancy in left field, that's just a, that's a spot. That's a perfect spot. These guys would all be options if they had just gotten left-handed bats over the last three years. Yeah. And then it'd be like, it'd it'd be so much easier right now. You sit here being like, you know what? That's, that could do it. Let's give up assets for Luis Robert. That'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be a a whole lot of fun. He has tremendous power. Um, He's an athlete. I know he's injured a lot, but um, yeah, it'd be nice to have conversations around a plethora of trade candidates as opposed to being pigeonholed into one thing because you've neglected that one thing for three, four years. Um, so yeah, look for the outfielder to come via trade. If it comes via free agency, it will not be good. It will be underwhelming and you will not enjoy yourself. No, you will
2: have a bad time. Um, well, let's talk about what Hal Steinbrenner said in his end-of-season press conference, which uh, he held last week. and Oh, wait. Uh no, he uh he didn't. He said he would. He said he'd meet with the media. We didn't know oh via Zoom, in person, will Brian Cashman be there? Uh it's Monday, October thirtieth. It's been like a full week since we heard about this. Uh and there was a rumor he was gonna you know, we talked. we wrote about it, you wrote about it, he was gonna outweigh uh you know, Cashman and just overspend and overrule him this offseason. It would be great if somebody asked him about that. It would be great if somebody asked him about their Jordan Montgomery evaluation. It would be great if someone asked him about their Bryce Harper pursuit. Uh, Still a no-go. Hal Steinbrenner has disappeared. Haven't heard from Randy Levine. Haven't heard from anybody. These are my top five reasons that the Yankees have delayed their postseason press conference. In my dream. These are the five possible good reasons why they would have done that. Number five, Hal Steinbrenner's still practicing how to pronounce Yamamoto. Got to get it right before he gets to the podium. Number four, Hal and Brian Cashman both got stuck in a meat locker, and it's really hard. Those are heavy doors, so if you don't have a friend with the key or your phone's dying, it's hard to get out of there. Number three, Hal wants to see if Corey Seager wins the World Series first so he can decide whether to fire Cashman or send him to prison. (laughs) Two, Aaron Boone is finalizing a deal to play in the Dubai Baseball League. So that would theoretically be a huge development. You got to wait around and see if that happens. And number one, the franchise is waiting to cross the finish line on a sixty million deal to replace their sleeve ad patch with a World Series patch. So that would obviously be huge if they're able to secure themselves a trip to the World Series uh, just by talking to advertisers. But uh, unless it's one of those five reasons, I can't find a tangible reason to still be waiting to hear from this team in a post-mortem. This season ended four weeks ago. I didn't have a dog when the season ended. I've had a dog for a month. How have we not heard from any of these people yet? Do you have a better reason than the ones that I came up with?
1: I mean, you know that they're delaying this because they don't want to answer any questions about the playoff run. It's every part of your football. job.
2: Part of your job is to questions about the team that you run. It's actually the only thing that they do. <laughs>
1: In theory, it is their only job, um, but I don't, I truly think they do not want to answer any questions about this current playoff picture and how I think there's a lot of thing. I mean, but that, I I do think about it now and I'm like, who's going to ask them that? Because like no one, Yankees media is actually pretty good. I shouldn't um, give them any flack, but sometimes there's a very easy way to ask the obvious question and they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know how, and you know, that the Yankees PR team in a sense, like tells people to chill on asking certain questions or elaborating further on certain topics. Um, but I do think even that baseline as basic as it gets, they don't want to answer anything about why a team like the Diamondbacks are in the world series. And they're not why a team like the Rangers who has, Five or six of their former players and two or three of their desired trade candidates or free agent acquisitions are there. And what went wrong? Um, they probably don't want to answer uh, any questions about um, the uh, you know the Astros getting to the ALCS again and why they're continued. They're continuing their. I know that they lost the ALCS, which we're certainly rejoicing about, but that was their yeah. seventh straight ALCS. Yep, and um, it could
2: easily be eight, could uh, easily yeah. be nine. Scott Morris is going to take Altuve and Bregman to free agency, but they'll both sign there. Like, they're never – they yeah. might get weaker. They were weak this year, but they're yep. never going away.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they want to answer anything pertaining to what's happened because it's a. this is a worst-case scenario for them. Not only did they finish with their worst season in 30-some-odd years, but um, they couldn't have had a – I don't think there could have been a less desirable – um uh, playoff picture for them and how it all transpired and how it's all unfolded. I know like, I think the best thing to date was Montgomery getting knocked around a little bit in that world series game. But I mean, what do you get? The guy's been, the, the, that's hardly a point of criticism for him at this point with all that he's done for them since the start of August. Uh, secondly, I think they need to spend a lot of time in a room with Randy Levine cooking up uh, ways. He's going to scream at players when they, uh, like we mentioned before, when they ask for more money in arbitration, because um, you know that's going to happen, we're we're zoning in on gla- even talking Yanks was was mentioning it when they when they were uh, discussing the Glaber situation. They're like, this is kind of a high arbitration salary, and it's like, it is. But why are we why are we talking about this? It shouldn't just it shouldn't be a problem at all. Just pay the salary and move on and look for other players. Um, Cash Brian Cashman's probably getting together his, um, his, uh, outside the box free agent picks, which are just worse names than the good names. Uh, and he's spending his time figuring out how he can make this offseason a lot more difficult than it needs to be. Um, as he eliminates his, uh, list of priorities, which I don't even know what they are at this point, because I don't even know what they've discussed there hasn't been an ounce of information outside of the one preliminary Soto talk, which then got debunked a day later. So, um, yeah, the lot. Oh, and Hal Steinberger is probably planning his second year. Where is he going to be in Europe this year when there's a big deal that has to go down and Cashman's trying to nickel and dime them. And they're like, get Hal on the phone and Hal's in his flip-flops and his tidy whities getting out of the pool. I'm sorry. I, I'm
2: at the white Lotus. Like you, uh, <laughs> Do you have something for me? If you send it to my desk, yeah, I'm enjoying uh, local Italian prostitutes.
1: How? <laughs> <laughs> uh, How? Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll say Hal's going to be in Croatia this year, um, and he's going to have to answer an emergency phone call at 4 a.m. I mean, he's be like, "God damn it again, Brian! Why are we doing this?" How it's to- Judge. You're trading him. What are you <laughs> going to do, Judge? Again? I just did this. <laughs> So yeah, there, there is the only logical explanation here that we can sit down and be serious about is that they don't want to answer any questions about this playoff run. And they probably feel as if by the time a world series winner is crowned and the dust settles on that, maybe a, a couple days after we're already going to be an off season talk. You know how this works. Um, the offseason starts five days after the world series. So I think it's. The team that wins the World Series and that fan base kind of gets to celebrate and talk about it. But baseball is unique in the sense where it's like, no, offseason starts actually tomorrow. So now if they like NFL, NFL, the offseason doesn't start for five or six weeks. So there can be some gloating there. There could there Mm -hmm. there is a holding period. The Yankees are probably strategically taking advantage of the short window to be like, okay, we'll get a press conference out two days before the offseason starts. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to have to pick and choose between questions they're going to ask about what we're going to do with the roster, what's the offseason looking like for us versus why do we suck and why did every other team do better than us and why are all all of our former Mm -hmm. players succeeding elsewhere? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're going to go with that, and I I truly think that's what it is. It has been a nightmare offseason so far,
2: and it hasn't even really begun. I love your use of some-odd, too. We don't say some-odd enough. Where's that? we not? I mean, just the world. Like, maybe you do. Maybe oh. I do. We don't say some odd enough. It's S-U-M-M-A-D. It's not S O M E odd. It's a cool word. Um, well, this has been a bleak week in Yankees history. Uh, bleak month. Dark October. Strange times. Uh, might as well end it. I, Stanley, you been great in the comment section. We might as well answer your trivia question. Really? Um Thanks for being here. If you aren't a subscriber, I'd love to see you as a subscriber. The numbers are growing. We've added 60 in the last one. Huge. Uh, Trivia question, which current MLB managers won a world series as a player for both the Yankees and Red Sox. I'd love to incorporate more trivia into the show in general. I think I know this one. Uh, Thomas, do you know this answer?
1: Current manager. I'm going to
2: Google this to make sure I'm right. I think I have it.
1: No, I don't know. I can't even think of someone.
2: Yeah, I got this. I got yeah, this. Go for it. This is potential future Cleveland Guardians manager, but current Tampa Bay Rays manager, Kevin Cash, who. Uh,
1: oh, that's right.
2: Was an 07 and 08 Red Sox, but won the 07 ring and was on the 2019. he got 10 games, 28 plate appearances, and then retired with the Red Sox the following year career. 183 hitter who still does not know how much gas Blake Snell has in the tank to this day. Um, <laughs> great question. We should do more trivia on this show. Yep. Stanley chiming in. It is Kevin cash. Bang. rang. That also, do you know who can get a world series ring this year, by the way? Like I looked through, do you know who's on the diamondbacks and Rangers coaching staffs? I went through this. Cause I bought the world series program. Cause I'm a sick puppy. Who just like, is like, Oh, expensive magazine. I got to get that idiot. Uh, but I bought it. And assistant hitting the Diamondbacks hitting coach staff Damian Easley was a coach on this team he's gonna get a rank of the D-backs win Joe Mather I don't know if you collected 2006 Bowman Chrome but everybody wanted that. he had a huge minor league season he was with the Cardinals for a little bit he is the official Diamondbacks hitting coach Uh he ended up with just 14 big league homers not a long career for Joe Mather but uh, yeah, right before he got called up with Memphis, he had three fifteen with twelve homers in thirty eight games. Everybody's like, "Oh man!" Uh, two thousand eight, he called, he got called up, uh, but he was cut in two thousand nine, and his career kind of spiraled from there. But Joe Mather, Ooh. a blast from the past, and Bobby Wilson is the Rangers catching coordinator. He gets one too. Uh, if the Texas Rangers win, so some real remember some guys on both sides. Uh, and Robert Murray pointed out that. Trying to make a Hall of Fame case for Madison Bumgarner. It's gonna get another ring if the Arizona Diamondbacks win this damn thing. That'll That's be crazy. that'll be four for Madison Bumgarner. I would like to see, you know how they like wave the Hall of Fame rules. You don't have to wait so long if you die. <laughs> like very depressing. But sometimes somebody like passes away and they're like, oh man, okay, we'll vote on them this year instead of five years from now. Um I would just – I would like to do that with Madison Bumgarner, but it's different. It's just like, hey, I know that his career didn't go the way that we all thought it would or wanted it to, but can we just induct him into the Hall of Fame even though his numbers aren't really close? Like I want someone to just raise their hand and be like, can't we just put him in the Hall of Fame? Come on, age 23 through 27, like doesn't get much better than that.
1: Yeah, he really fucked up with that – what did he do? He, went, he got in a fucking ATV accident or some shit?
2: His career just fell apart after the age of 29. And, and the numbers like aren't exceptional after 2016, but 3.32 ERA in 2017, 3.26 in 2018, 3.90 and he threw 207 and 2 thirds innings in 2019. But it's like the gave it all he had award. Like there should be a Hall of Fame award for just like a dude who like gassed it up in his 20s and then in his 30s was like I'm going to become a dog dad now. I I don't have it anymore. Like yeah. I'm, I'm washed. Because he signs with Arizona and he's terrible, pretty bad. It's like Tim Lincecum, bad, abysmal. Hmm?
1: Like Tim Lincecum's another one.
2: Tim Lincecum, Johan Santana, like got the most out of their tank and then aged out of it, and that's okay. But there should be a wing of the Hall for just washed dudes in their thirties for like extremely memorable footprint well, on the game. Not good enough, not a Hall of Famer. But like, how are they not a Hall of Famer? Clip that was leader. Fernando
1: Valenzuela too. He's in the Hall of Fame though, right? He is not. He's not. No, he's not. Same thing. Same thing. Age 20 to 26, can't fucking touch him. Threw 285 innings one year. He threw 250 more innings, one, two, three, four, five, six straight seasons. His rookie year was 192 innings. He won Cy Young uh, and Rookie of the Year. And he was an all-star for those six. So, like, yeah, there's another perfect example. Like, how do you not get – like, how do you – how are you never remembered almost? Outside no. of like the lore of the the team fan base.
2: Yeah, icon in L.A. and and not really, you know, remembered nationally anywhere else. Ryan Howard is a great one. Chase Utley yeah. is going to be a borderline real Hall of Famer, but he belongs in this conversation. Um, this is a great podcast for the commenter from a couple shows ago who said, why don't you talk about the rest of the teams in Major League Baseball instead of the Yankees? <laughs> Which again would be a pretty weird rebrand for the Inks Go Yard podcast, but at the same time we're doing it today and I'm enjoying it. So maybe he's right. Maybe it is a good podcast idea uh, to abandon our very bad baseball team, but not for long because the offseason begins in earnest five days after the World Series ends. We don't know when that date will be. We know it won't be a four game World Series. Shout out to the Answerbacks for winning game two. Shout out to the way this World Series has gone so far, too. Game one of the World Series, George W. Bush throws out the first pitch, just like he did in 01. A two run homer by a lefty in the ninth ties the game, just like Tino Martinez did in 2001, game four. And then an oppo homer from a righty walks it off, just like Derek Jeter did in game four in 2001. Yes, I know the Bush first pitch was game three and the homers were game four, but it doesn't make it any less crazy. I'm excited to watch the rest of the World Series. I'm excited to not really learn much in you know in terms of things the Yankees can learn. Uh, I'm just I want to watch some good baseball. I want the Yankees to go out and spend. I want the Yankees to figure this out. And it probably their whole offseason relies upon Juan Soto. Uh, but we will see you again on Thursday. We'll see you at two o'clock on Thursday. Shout out to the comment section for being alive today. Shout out to Stanley Rodriguez who showed up. Uh, valued viewer again. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Hit us wherever we'd love to see you and hear from you. Uh, hit us on Twitter, uh, which is now called X. <laughs> Freaking X. Oh, man. I'm, I'm at Adam Warner on Twitter, which is a famous app. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you?
1: I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at YanksGoYardFS. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com, all the content there for you. We're going to have even more. The month of November is going to be a banger, and you got to be here for it. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you guys reading. Um, let us know if you think Juan Soto will be a good fit on the 2024 Yankees. We're dying to know. We're trying I mean, to figure this out.
2: Where does he fit in the lineup? Potentially where cleanup. up? I mean, even towards the middle, you'd have to think. But it's oh, worth pondering.
1: It is <laughs> worth wondering. It will also be interesting to see if mm-hmm. Juan Soto ends up being. Um, it, it, it truly will be. So you guys let us know what you think about that. Um, get us some real trade candidates. I don't know. We're, we we, we dug through, we dug through free agency in the trade market. We're not finding much, which has us worried. So we got to get creative at this point. Nonetheless, have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. We'll have a lot of topics then maybe sprinkle some trivia, maybe talk about the rest of the league. Who knows? You'll have to show up to find out. Could be fun. We'll do some trivia. If the comment section wants to bring some more trivia,
2: we'll be happy to answer your questions as long as you give us the right answer because we want to know if we were right or wrong. Until Thursday, when we'll see you at 2 o'clock Eastern time, find us on all podcast platforms, and we'll see you for another episode later this week.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.